The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, well, I'll tell you what matters to me. It matters to me is I was able to make a trip back, safely back from, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Malibu. Had a great time uh, this uh, weekend. I had a chance to go down and uh, see my daughter, who is... uh, a student at Pepperdine University, and of course, uh, although there was not football there, because <laughs> of course they don't have a football team, uh, it was great to spend time with her. And of course, I couldn't wait to see some football on Saturday and some football on Sunday. And I want to shout out to those folks out there at the Ohio State University for getting it done again, because uh, somebody in the family thought that actually Iowa was going to beat the Buckeyes. Not going to happen. Not. Anytime this year, not anytime next year, not anytime this decade, it's just not going to happen. Uh, well, I'll tell you what also matters to me. Uh, let me be a little serious here. Of course, I was serious about uh, enjoying myself in Malibu with my daughter, but uh, Bud Adams. Uh, and, 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 of course, uh, Bud Adams is uh, the former owner of uh, the Houston Oilers, um, passed away. And, and also we know uh, Bum Phillips uh, passed away as well. Uh, two great men to football. Uh, decent and, and, and very good human beings as well. Um, I, I remember Bum Phillips, obviously, as when he was coaching for the Houston Oilers and great Earl Campbell and uh, some other great players on that team as well. But, you know, they were a team in AFC that uh, people, people supported the Houston Oilers in particular. The Texans, you know, they got a ways to go, and I'm going to get into that because I'm a little surprised, uh, I think, for what had happened this past week for on, on the coattails of those losses of, of some great individuals to the organizations of the Houston Texans and the Houston Oilers for the embarrassment of these Three ball players, and I shouldn't even mention it in the same conversation, but I just had to let it go right into it because I have so much respect for those men in the organization that they built. And, and Earl Campbell, everybody just, you know, Earl Campbell was kind of the face. Him and Bum Phillips, they were the face. And, of course, Bud Adams was right there with them, but that is kind of the face of, of the Houston Oilers, which are, are now the Houston Texans. And it's, it's just sad to say that three young men, National Football League players, 
can't take the time out. Now, I, as I understand, allegedly, because I don't know if they've been drug tested. I don't know if anybody actually found the marijuana. But supposedly, three current NFL players are in a room smoking a cigar and were released from the team because they were smoking a cigar. Now, it wasn't a cigar. Allegedly, it had marijuana in it, which is a generation of today's, what's no, they were smoking a blunt. Here you are getting ready to go play a football game the next day and you're in your room. You're putting towels in, under the door. Come on, there's generation of people before you that were dumb enough and stupid enough. My generation of folks thought you could put a towel under the door and the elevator is like 20 yards down the hallway. And to think that people, when they got off the elevator 20 yards away, weren't going to smell marijuana coming down the hallway. Really? And then why would you put a towel, if you're smoking a cigar, why are you going to put a towel under the door to try to keep, you know, the smoke from going out? You know it's illegal to smoke in a hotel, at least a hotel that the National Football League team is staying in. Maybe not an inn, but a hotel that a National Football League team is staying in is certainly not going to be permitted. And you're going to smoke a blunt. You're getting ready to play a game. You're chilling the night before. Really? That is so embarrassing. That is right there. That's a minimum of one2 million dollars because the minimum money you can make as an NFL player first year player rookie player whatever the minimum you are making is I believe like four hundred and five thousand dollars do the simple math a blunt I don't know how much it costs it costs them 1.2 million dollars that man that's the what kind of blunt is that you're going to sit up at a hotel and smoke what? That costs you $1.2 million collectively between the three of you? Minimum? Now, how are you going to go home and tell your mama or your daddy or your brother or your sister or your cousin or your aunt or your wife? Girlfriend you might have had. Fiance you might have had. Because I'll be damned, I'm sure I'm probably going to, you know, divorce you, something like that. But hold on. Let me say what everybody wants me to say. Other people have done it before. They were stupid, too. Yes, other people have done it, but they, too, were stupid. $1.2 million. They should, they, whatever that blunt, if it was a blunt, I don't care if it was a cigar. I don't care. If you got, so you got car smoking a cigar let's go with it being a cigar but you were in a hotel where there's no smoking permitted in a hotel they should take that cigar and frame it someplace for the most ridiculous I mean it's beyond stupidity it's ridiculous you know it's like an unsportsman, you know unsportsmanlike conduct you know it's like you know well the crime you know didn't fit the punishment you know <laughs> The blunt certainly didn't fit the punishment. The cost, 
the risk and the reward aren't the, nowhere near the same ballpark. But it has just shed some light on that team that is probably, it will go down as, as probably one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened, unless people other than myself just don't want to bring it to the attention of those who might have missed it. But just Google it. Just, 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 just go out and Google player suspended. Players suspended for, for smoking marijuana. It's, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing. It's, a, it's, it's really embarrassing. I, there's times where you want to support your fellow fraternity member. But on this, I can't find, at this time, I mean, times are different than where they used to be. In my generation, the generation before, there were guys, I mean, I, okay, smoking a cigarette, not, not, a, not a joint, because there were joints back in my generation, okay? Not a joint, but cigarettes. Hell, I can talk about the time when I would go, you know, go, I'm going to the bathroom. I can't get a toilet because my man's sitting back on the toilet smoking a cigarette. We about, either we're about to go out to play a football game, or we're in the locker room at halftime, and I got to use the bathroom one way or another. I can't because, you know, one of the offensive tackles, I don't want to throw the names out. It's, he, he's having a nervous you know, nervous little breakdown or something. He got to relax. This level of anxiety is such that he needs to be reach a level of comfort, calm his nerves. So he needs a cigarette. Yes, there's some things that you probably are unimaginable, but it used to happen. And I'm talking, this is, you know, this is 1981, 1982. This is a team that had just went to the Super Bowl. These are people in the locker room smoking cigarettes before they go out and then at halftime. Running backs, I know a running back did. I know offensive linemen did. Smoking a cigarette. So, so, I, so there used to be a time where smoking a cigarette, and maybe if you smoked a cigar, it might have been permissible in the locker room. Maybe even in the hotel. In the hotel lobby. Used to be the smoking hotels. But marijuana? Really? A blunt? Before a game? And not just one of you. Brother Montgomery, Brother Wood, Brother Jefferson, not just one of you, but three of you. Wow. They, I, I, they were suspended for the, you know, the Kansas City game. I, I'm, I'm, I got to imagine that they probably is dismissed from the team. I'm sure there'll be more reports on it. But it, it, it's talking about throwing your life away. Your childhood dream? Okay. I just had to, you know, that, 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 that mattered a little bit to me. It didn't matter as much as Bum Phillips dying and Mr. Adams. That didn't matter as much. I'm going to tell you what does matter to me. Kansas City Chiefs, off the chain, beyond measurable. And I got a fanatical person who just wants to, you know, just wants to scream and shout and just loves Andy Reid so much. And, and Rick, I've been waiting for you to call in because I know you got a lot of good things to say. You're there with me? Andy, I'm here. Oh, I'm here, Rick. okay. I'm here, brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Rick. Listen, I just didn't. I didn't want to tell them about the. You know, go too deep into the relationship that you and Andy share. I just want to let them know that you, you you're crazy about uh, the work that the man does, and, and you've been supporting him for many years. I know you guys go way back, but this, Rick, Amen. this has to be even a surprise 
to you. It, it certainly has shocked the National Football League. There's no doubt in the, in the world this has shocked the National Football League. We know what's going on in Kansas City last year. I mean, I just talked about an embarrassment with a couple kids. They're beyond kids. They're, they're, they're beyond children. I don't know what the hell they are. They're stupid. Uh, you know, what's happening down in Houston, Texas, three guys smoking marijuana, you know, in a room. Uh, you know, they, they claim Unbelievable. It was a Unbelievable. I, you know, it's like you, 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 your whole life, you know, and this is a different generation. This, you know, back in those days where guys were doing things crazy and all that stuff, Mickey Mantle, and then even days after my generation, much longer after Mickey Mantle, but there were guys still doing stupid stuff. That you tolerated that. You let them get away with it. But in today's generation, you can't get away with these type of things. There's no doubt about it. Instant suspension, release from teams. But Andy Reid, and of course in Kansas City, you know, terrible things happened in Kansas City last year. But but this remarkable situation where Andy's able to step in, been through some tragic himself, personally, and, and then to step in. This has got to be a joyous occasion for you to know the man and support the man. But Kansas City, wow. They are like unbelievable. Is this really, is this, is this true? Can we pinch the Chiefs and the fans? Is it really happening to you guys? <laughs> Amen. I want to first say um, rest in peace to uh, Bud Adams and rest in peace to Bum Phillips and to their families. I just want to extend a, uh, um, my condolences and um, as you talked on and spoke on earlier, I've been listening to the program. Um, uh, just my heart goes out to their families. Uh, and, and, and as far as the three gentlemen that um, were busted smoking the blunt or the, the joints or hitting the bong or whatever they were doing, uh, shame on you. And, uh, and shame on you and shame on the people around you that um, allowed you to do this and knew you were doing this. You know, back in the day, Andy had a couple rookies come into camp way in the day, and and this wasn't even this wasn't even really broadcasted, or the media didn't really get a hold of it. But he had a couple rookies come in, and they got busted smoking a joint uh, during training camp up in Lehigh, and uh, he let them both go. Uh, he let them both go, and it was uh, it was pretty much pressed under the under the carpet, but. Um, uh, I've known Andy since we were both six years old. We go way back, and uh, um, he's uh, not only a big brother to me, he's a mentor. He's uh, the gentlest of giants, and um, as we know, the tragedies that he faced last year, not only losing his son, but losing his job, and and how he's able to take that team, and, and the staff that he put together, Ray, was... Um, was something me and him talked about. He spent a lot of time putting that staff together. He brought his son over, Britt Reed, from Temple. He brought uh, Brad Childress back as a consultant. He moved Doug Peterson to offensive coordinator. He uh, he took uh, Mr. Cully, who is, is is one of the greatest receiver coaches, and, and, and gave him an assistant head coach title. And... Um, and then he went, and, and I'm sorry to say this, Jim Harbaugh, but, but he went and stole Alex Smith right from under your nose. Um, he, he got David, uh, excuse me, he got Dwayne Ball excited. He got Jamal Charles catching the ball for the first time in his life. He picked up Eric Fisher, who really didn't play uh, right tackle. And Albert wanted to walk. He went and grabbed Albert and said, Albert, you can stay at left tackle. We'll put Eric to the right side. The development of that team... Um, the character of that team is all Andy Reid. When you see how they play and how they conduct themselves, 
It's just like he conducted himself as an eighth, ninth grader, uh, as a seven-year-old, 12-year-old playing little league with him. And uh, I, I'm out of my mind, as you, you, you only know, Ray, how, how tight me and that man are. And I'm out of my mind. Uh, I was so glad to see Indy pull off that victory so that we have so pro, uh, so first place of the AFC West division, um, one game ahead of Denver, who, as we both know, is, uh, Peyton Manning is, uh, is, is one heck of a team up there with John Fox coaching them. But back to Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond proud. I'm not shocked only because I knew what he was putting together. I also knew he had six pro bowlers. And when I noticed that most of them were on the defensive side of the ball and that the pro bowl kicker and punter were also on Kansas City that represent the AFC, I said, we're bringing in an offensive genius. And even though we're not scoring as many points, as I know Andy would like to, that defense is shutting them down. Derek Johnson in Houston, I got to give a shout out to. Holly, I got to give a shout out to. And Eric Berry, he's playing. He's the closest thing I've seen up close and personal, Ray, to Brian Dawkins. And Brian Dawkins, I just want to shout out to Brian. Congratulations on your retirement of number 20 in the Philadelphia Eagles at the link, along with Donovan McNabb. And I know both of them are as happy for Andy. I've spoken to both of them. Uh, John Runyon, I spoke to, who's now congressman. He's so excited for Andy. Tank, Hollis Thomas, everybody. The former players that played for the man, coached for the man. They're so excited for what he's done. Kansas City, you better pinch yourself, but don't pinch it very long because he's around for at least five years and, and possibly longer. And um, I just hope they can keep it rolling. I, I text him and call him every week, Ray, and I said, just keep it rolling. And as he says, put the shoulder to the wagon wheel and keep pushing. And uh, he's not content with what they do. He was displeased how they played against Houston, but yet he'll take the win. Oh, well, you know, that's all that, that's all that really counts. The bottom line is they, they don't have to be pretty at all, and that's – I think Andy Reid is one of those guys that he really understands it. The bottom line, when it's all said and done, because Andy's had a couple of close games in the past that he would have much rather have had uh, looked bad and won than looked pretty and lost, as he he's done sometimes. He's looked pretty good, uh, but he's lost. But I, I'm telling you, he's gone down there and uh, and, and had and uh, gone over there, I should say, instead of down, but over there uh, to the western part of the Midwest part of the country. And he's got those guys excited about playing football. This was not a team. I mean, you know, again, they were faced with some adversity last year, too. But what do you think Andy was able to say to them? I mean, just you knowing Andy, knowing that, hey, Andy, you know, he could sympathize, empathize with where they were, with what they had been through. He had gone through something similar. They didn't want to, you know, they wanted to play for something and somebody, not necessarily that they wanted to put it behind them. Uh, but they certainly knew the better days were ahead uh, for the football team. What was the motivating factor uh, you think that Andy came in there with the, with the Chiefs and, and they all bought into? Well, the thing that I've noticed and that he talked about was Andy got more involved in all aspects of the team. Um, he, 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 he At training camp in particular, you would find him over there with the offensive line. He, he, he'd be instructing guys hands-on. He'd be over with the defensive line. He'd be back there with Eric Berry in the, in the secondary, 
course, he's working a lot of the offense, as we both know. But he got involved in all of it, the special teams and everything. And not sitting back and letting the, doing as much delegating as he had done in the past, but really getting back in there. He's been rejuvenated over there in Kansas City, Ray. He's fired up like I've never seen him, and it shows. And the one thing both me and him were raised was under John Wooden's philosophy, discipline yourself so others don't have to. And that's what he pretty much told the guys. He said, let's come out as a disciplined group. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's give ourselves a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Defense, they know they were going to be tough, and they've been tough over there. But I think the big turnaround was getting Alex, getting a guy that could control that game. He's got Jamal catching the ball for the first time in his career. He leads the team in receptions. Uh, we could certainly use a tight end to take that double team off of Dwayne. But the most important thing was he set the tone. He set the example. He was the first one there running around. And I know you've seen him, and you know the man yourself. And he kind of let he, he kind of delegated a little bit more his last few years in Philly than he had in the first few years in Philly, and he's back to being that same Andy Reid. He's uh, he's in everybody's uh, face mask. He's up in their grill, and he's the first one to come in that building and the last one to leave. And it's the example he set, and they've all rallied around. We've had two 17-16 victories this year, and like somebody says to me, they go. Wow, that really shows, uh, you know, that really shows uh, builds character. I go, no, it doesn't. It reveals character. That team has character now. For the first time in a while, they really have character, and they got a leader that's got character. And that's what I, what, what I've seen, Ray. Well, I tell you uh, one thing that I've seen with Andy is I, I've seen a smile, I've seen a glow on a man's face that I haven't seen in a long time. You know, I think like Andy seems to be, appears to be enjoying the experience as opposed to for for a point in time, and this was even when he was in Philadelphia uh, and prior to his son even, you know, passing, I think Andy got too serious. Football was was too much of of a job, and it wasn't really, he wasn't enjoying the sport and 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 then Amen. and because a couple times I remember I will always remember you know when uh, DJ came off the field one time and and he and Andy you know had a chest bump you know yes <laughs> you know yes, that yes. I, I I enjoyed that Andy Reid I enjoyed Andy enjoying football because football can eat at you after all we you know in Philadelphia we're we're familiar with the man who was burnt out took time off came back to enjoy the game and won a Super Bowl. So if, if you take Amen. it too serious, you know, it, it could really destroy your life. And all of a sudden, it's not fun anymore. And you really start feeling the pressure that the fans and the media actually put on you. And it becomes you and your team against the world. And it really shouldn't be that. You should enjoy the game with the fans. You should all be in it together. And you should enjoy that game. And I, one thing I'm going to say also about Andy and I'm going to say this about every coach because I'm not sure all coaches understand this. It's not good, in my opinion, for a coach to be somewhat isolated in terms of the, where his time is spent with a certain group of people and not getting to know and not showing concern and interest in every aspect of the game. Because then your team feels as if you're important to them. 
that what Amen. they do is just as important as what the quarterback does or what the running back does or what the offensive line does. But when you've got a quarterback, when you've got a coach that that's so central in where his time is spent, it that's not good. You want to embrace, you want everybody to know, you want the coach, you want the special teams players to know that you're as much concerned about what they're doing. And when they come off the sidelines, that you can coach them, not just criticize them, but actually coach them because you know what their role and responsibility is. That makes them feel like they're part of the game. And special teams, particularly when you've got the kind of special teams players you've got in Kansas City, they sure as hell feel good about that. I'd like to tag on to that if I could. One of the things Andy talked to me about, and it, 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 it falls right in line with what you just said, Ray, was one of the things that he made sure he did in Kansas City is he took off a lot of hats. And the only hat he wears right now is head coach. And that was something that he saw. He was starting to get away from the players. He was starting to do other things that took him away from being involved, as you said, in all the meetings. And you should have seen him at training camp, my man. He was... He was like a teenager again out there. I mean, he was—he was, you know, it, it, it was—it was—it was the old Andy Reid that first came up. It, it, it was the guy that used to catch my fastballs and my curveballs in little league. It was that cat again, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm so happy to see him happy. I'm so happy to see joy in his life, um, you know. But I'm not shocked at seven and zero. I'm not the. The pieces were there, and he came and defensively, and he came and put them together offensively, took off those other hats, became the head coach. He let other people bring in some players. He was instrumental. He knew he had to get uh, a quarterback that could fit his style. And Alex Smith, coming from Utah, you know, Andy being a BYU grad, he was very familiar with, 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 with um, Alex Smith. And when he got the opportunity to get him, that started things rolling, and even Dwayne Bowe, you know, came out in the paper and said, I, you know, I, I am so excited to be playing for this man and the character of this man. And as you know, we spoke in Arizona last year, and uh, I, I still remember it, and, and I hope your daughter's doing beautiful, Ray, and I hope everybody in your family's doing beautiful. It's such a great time, me and you talking about, you know, Kevin Williams and all the old cats, but one of the things Andy told me, he says, you know, there's very few ball players that would come up here and play for free. But I got a team of them now. I got a team of them now. I got a squad of 53 that all of them would, would come out here and play for free. And he's so excited with that group. And it's evident in, in the 7-0 and record. And he takes nobody lightly. And some of my friends said, well, you should blow Houston out. And I said, don't even say that. Everybody suits up. Everybody comes to play. And Houston had a reason to play hard on Sunday. Oh, there's no and doubt about it. There's, there's no doubt about it. Houston, uh, of course, we know, you know, having trouble down there with their quarterback. You know, you talked about the, uh, the outstanding job that your quarterback is doing there in Kansas City, of course, and that is uh, uh, my man Alex Smith. Uh, but Houston's had some problems with the quarterback. Obviously, guy got hurt. Somebody else steps in for Matt Schaub. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, you talk about what Andy's doing. He's got those guys excited and wanting, and them wanting to play for free. That that's the thing about it. When when you get away from the money, when you get away from the contracts, when you get to the point where you're starting to enjoy. And, and here's what I know about Andy. 
Andy Andy is a student of the game, and Andy wants players that are students. Andy doesn't. His teams cannot and should not make mistakes. Uh, yes. With the type of scheme that he has, the most important thing is for everybody to be on one accord and to understand what we're going out here and what we're charged to do, and everybody go out and do their job. And it just appears to me, I mean, when you see you know punt returners uh, running punts back and and everybody on their blocks down the field. I mean, it just lets you know Amen. that that they're not giving up. You know, they're supposed to block until you know until it's over, until the whistle blows, all the way down the field, complete the entire play. So listen, what I want to do is I want to come back and I want to talk some more about Andy. But I got it. I got to take a break. I, I I know you. I hope you can hold on, Rick. I skipped the first break. I, I, I just want to. I just want to say one thing. I got a text. Two days ago from John Harbaugh, Super Bowl winning coach of last year's uh, Super Bowl with the Ravens, who was with Andy for 10 years. And he sent me the longest text I'd gotten from John. And he is so proud and happy for what Andy is doing over there. And I just wanted to leave you with that before you go to your break. Well, yeah, man. And, and Mr. Harbaugh, boy, what? Super Bowl champion, and I believe I, I got a disappointing message to put out there, and I'm going to put that out on the other side of the break. But we're going to take this break. I hear a little bit of music, so that means we got to take this break. Uh, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back with my friend Rick, who is, man, great friend to Andy, and Andy needs Amen. a great friend. All right, we'll be right back. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, of course, I've spent a good amount of time uh, on the show letting you know what matters to me. And uh, Mr. Adams, uh, former owner of the um, Houston Oilers and uh, I believe Tennessee Titans as well. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Texans, Houston Texans. Uh, but I also wanted to talk, and I did talk a lot about, uh, and I'm, I'm going to call him a friend because Andy was a friend when I was in Philadelphia to me. Some of the work I was doing there in the city, uh, his son and my son actually played on a football team together uh, out there in uh, King of Prussia, the King of Prussia Indians. And, um, you know, and, and now he's very successful, was successful with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, took him to a Super Bowl, did not win. But some people are surprised and other people are not surprised uh, what's happening out there in Kansas City. And, and our good good friend Rick, who's on the line with me now, is not surprised. Uh, okay, Rick, let me ask you, you know, at, at some point in time, this has got to end. Uh, because with the exception of, and pretty soon, Mercury Morris will be putting in some calls. Uh, but with the exception of uh, those Miami Dolphins in the era of the Super Bowl, there has not been an undefeated team. Um, in your mind, do you think it's best that the loss that's bound to happen uh, happens sooner or later for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid? Well, you know, that's a great question, and there's a, there's a lot of debate on that. And one thing Andy does is take one day at a time, one step at a time, and definitely one game at a time. So he's not even looking ahead. He's looking right at Cleveland Browns. And, uh, and that's one thing that um, I, I've, I've been around him and have noticed. Um, I personally um, would like to see an undefeated season, an undefeated playoff, and win the Super Bowl and be the first team since the Miami Dolphins to go undefeated. But we both know the chances of that are probably unlikely. Um, sooner or later, I'm not so sure personally, Ray, um, which would be better. Um, as, as long, in my opinion, as long as there was, if there was something gained, from it and they learned from it that loss that's what I would be happy for and wishful for for uh, for Andy and the squad um, but you know me and you know me well enough that you know I, I I didn't I didn't expect the loss when I played you didn't expect to lose when you played and you were a heck of a player and uh, you came out every game to win and there's there's no uh, difference in Andy he comes out to get a W. And one of his favorite sayings that he told me in 2002, and I'd never heard it before, and uh, he said to me this, players are paid to play, coaches are paid to win. And I'd never heard it before, and I'd never heard it since. But that's his philosophy. So, um, Well, you know, it's, 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 I... I, I... I have a little bit of that in my bloodstream because I remember that famous day when I sit down in front of Buddy Ryan and Buddy Ryan's, uh, you know, comments to me was, you know, it was, it was time for us to depart. And maybe he didn't say it like that, but that's obviously what he was saying to me is I was going to be released from the team. And I said to him, I, you know, because my salary came up in that conversation. And, and I said to him, you know, I simply thought that it was my job to play and, and for his to, to coach and that my salary really had nothing to do with that, that you're not going to make a decision on 
if I'm a part of your team or not based upon my salary. And I mentioned something that is earlier in our conversation is don't think about contracts. Don't think about money. You know, don't, don't, don't think about those things that are not important to this game that don't matter when we're on the field. When, when that ball gets snapped, like you said, he's got the coach has got to win. You're saying you don't even have to. It's not about coaching. It's simply about winning. And I think coaches, particularly in the National Football League, uh, you got to say in this modern era, uh, certainly Tom Coughlin's feeling something. He got, he got a victory. He got a win. But I'm certainly he's feeling that this is a winning business and more so about what have you, you know, the old cliche, you know, what have you done for me lately? So it, it, it's winning. It's winning. Did you win Sunday? Did you win Sunday night? Did you win Monday? You know, it, it's really that important uh, winning is. And I'm glad. And, it, you know, even though you told me that and I didn't know Andy, that was part of his philosophy and, and who he is, that I'm glad that Andy gets it because I'm not sure some of these coaches in the National Football League, they truly get it, that it's not about coaching it's truly about winning. And I, I'm going to tell you one person who understands that, I believe, and a lot of people don't they, don't they don't like him that much. But I know Rex Ryan knows that he's got to win. He had a dad that, that, that coached in Buddy. And, but, and he might have thought Buddy was a good coordinator and all that stuff. But Buddy didn't win with those Philadelphia Eagles games that counted. And that's those playoff games in particular. You know, couldn't get out of the first round. You know, first of all, couldn't get there for a while. So I agree with him. I agree with it. You know, and we put so much emphasis on winning. But if it's a sport and it's a game and, and, and you're measured by wins and losses, you got the focus has to be on winning, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I, 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 you said he got a good note, or you got a good text from Harbaugh. Hey, he he he's in a Super Bowl. You know, he's looking at his brother across the other side of the field. <laughs> the only thing that was important to him was that's my brother, but I got to win. That, that's that's the only thing important in these games is winning. Well, you know, speaking about John, I asked John. I said, "What does Jim have to say about that game?" And John says he hasn't spoken to me since the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> well, let me say, I'm, I'm going to throw this out, and, and, and perhaps maybe it may be a, a little premature, but, uh, you know, I got a sad note today. Got a good friend. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. A, a young Buckeye uh, was hoping to get a chance in the National Football League today, and I think he was in Baltimore, and uh, something very unfortunate happened, and uh, I'm sure people will find out about it, but... Uh, uh, Beanie Wells was in, uh, in in Baltimore and was uh, trying to uh, do the best he could to to see if he could help the Ravens out there. Of course, and needed some running backs there. And, and I think Benny was Benny was injured during his workout. Oh, no. I think oh, he was, no. I think he was injured during his workout, and so uh, I'm not sure um, what's going to happen in terms of uh, how the extent of the injury. But I I think he, it, it was. Uh, it's going to be reported that I think he was injured during uh, that workout, and and therefore he so won't God be able to. Godspeed, Godspeed, Godspeed recovery, Beanie, and uh, and you know my family's from Akron, Ohio, and my grandfather ran the B and O Railroad, was the engineer for years, and so um, I'm a Buckeye uh, at heart as well, and 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 all I can wish for is that Beanie gets back on the field as quick as he can because he's a. Uh, he, he is definitely a warrior on the field, and he's a great human being off the field. And uh, uh, I did not know this till now, Ray. So I will I will keep Beanie in my prayers as I go to church tonight, and um, 
uh, I will ask uh, everybody at service to pray for him as well. Yeah, he's one. He's one of the good guys, and unfortunately, Beanie, his health. He, he's been, and I don't want to say he's injury prone because you hear this a lot of times from guys. You didn't hear it years ago, but now you hear guys talk about, "Hey, man." You always get hurt. Every play you get hurt. But an injury is those are those are devastating. And they, they cost you to lose time on the field. And, and and you can't you can't remain on a team if you can't remain on the field. And I, and I want Beanie to have an extended career because I want Beanie's career to look like it did in college because that's the kind of ball player he is. Uh, he kinda Amen. kinda reminds me a little bit of Keith Byers, who Keith too uh, had right. some injuries early right. on in his in his professional career. In fact, we we drafted Keith, and he had had uh, in the first round, but he had messed his foot up. But but he still right. you know was drafted in the first round. So I, I'm hoping that Beanie could get himself together because I mean he's he's such I mean, he brings so much to the game. He has a lot of talent, and and he just hasn't got a chance. You see. You see bits and pieces of it when he's on that field, when he's healthy. And I mean a big man who has a burst. And that's kind of scary to some secondary people, particularly those corners, when they see that big man with that burst coming around that corner. But, uh, you know, we're going to hope and pray that he gets better. So, hey, but let, I heard you say Akron, Ohio. I can't let you go. Now the Kansas, now the Kansas City Chiefs are playing one of those teams from Ohio. <laughs> so, yes, they uh, are. so, so the Browns, the, the Browns are in need of a victory uh, to stay in that hunt. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs again, uh, they're on a roll. Uh, they, they are on a roll, and and I'm not sure that the Browns can slow them down. What do you think about that? Talk to me a little bit about that, and, and Rick, on your behalf. You, you think they can slow them down, or you think they're in for a long day? You know, I personally don't think they can slow them down. But again, I, I've got to live by Andy's philosophy that everybody comes out hungry. The uh, Cleveland Browns are a, are a, a storied franchise. Um, well respected through the years, they got the dog pound, um, and as Andy says, you you, you got to come in as if you're playing for the championship game every week. And so he's not gonna he's not gonna look ahead of them. He's looking directly at Cleveland, and he's focusing entirely on them. I don't think Cleveland can do it only because they're they're, they're banged up at quarterback. They're not sure who's even going to be there come Sunday. Defensively, they got a few holes. I think we can actually move the ball better than we have in the past few weeks. But I got to tell you, defensively, this is the greatest defense that I've been around and seen since, oh, I'd say the 2003 to 2007 Eagles. Me personally, now I've watched on TV the 86 Bears and some of the great ones, but this defense, they come and they put a hat on you from all the positions. Their linebackers are strong. They're strong up the middle like in football and baseball. And those two down tackles, those two linebackers, and that Eric Berry and the rest of the cats on that defense. And as you noted before, Andy, he grabbed Quentin Demps from Philly. He brought him over. He's doing a heck of a job kickoff returning. So no, I don't think it's Cleveland that's gonna that's gonna be the upset uh, team this week. Well, you know it's interesting. You you did mention those Eagles teams from you know that era where Andy was there because they did have a a, a great defense. And of course, uh, we know Coach Johnson. I think uh, who's no longer with us did an outstanding job with that with that defense. And so 
But it's interesting that uh, you, you would mention that because uh, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and that defense that they do have, that's one thing about it. As you said, I think there's about four or five pro bowlers on the defensive side of the ball, uh, that six that they have there in Kansas City. And, and the fact that they're playing Cleveland, here's what I like about Andy. I, I believe that Andy probably takes the team of which is least likely to beat him the most serious because sometimes there is a little Amen. lapse there. And, and, and sometimes, Amen. guys, it's, it's natural with a ball player just to assume the you know, players do eva- talent evaluation just as a coach does, but they do it in their own way. And so they're... Their own preparation and, and, and talent evaluation is different than what the game plan is. And sometimes it's just the, I guess it's just the confident level of the player may be such that, well, let me just talk about Deshaun Jackson, as a matter of fact. Deshaun just recently said that Revis couldn't, couldn't run with him, couldn't stay with him. And players tend to have that kind of confidence at times. Sometimes it's revealed in their remarks. Other times it's revealed in just their approach to the game. But it's for those reasons that you never know on any given Sunday, it can happen. And I certainly, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for my Browns. I'm rooting for Andy. But let me tie this in. You talked about those that defense that the Eagles had, you know, back in those early years of Andy right in the middle where they were great defensive teams. Uh, uh, but I also want you to think about this as well. The man that helped Andy put those teams together happens to have a box up there in Cleveland Ohio now and he's sitting down in that box and he's looking and he probably although although Joe Banner's not going to go in that locker room Joe Banner will have time to spend with those coaches just briefly and I think Joe knows a little bit about Andy's approach to the game do you think Joe can help him out with just a little insight about just preparation and and details about an Andy Reid team. Any any conversation you think Joe might have with anybody that might help them? Well, I, I, I do wish the best for Joe, and and, uh, and, and I was uh, very close with Joe as well. The thing about Joe is I don't think he'd have as much an impact on this game as somebody like Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer was still head coach in that team. Pat, of course, was his quarterback coach for about nine years, and I think if Pat was there, then then you'd have a little more insight. Um, Joe, Joe's input will be, uh, you better be ready. You better tighten your helmet. You're going to get hit. And as we know, and Andy's always said, the offense puts the uh, people in the stands and the defense brings home the ring. So you don't take a playoff on defense being a former middle linebacker. I know that. And, uh, and you being a safety, you know that. Sometimes these offensive guys, they do take a playoff or two, and, and we know that. But as a defensive player, you can't. You don't know where the ball is going. You don't know wh- if it's coming your way. You don't know if you got it yourself, like you said, uh, an Adrian Peterson doing a sweep, and you're a corner. You better be ready to come up and put a hat. And all 11 of those cats that start on Kansas City, they know that. They do that, and they've proven that, and that's why you had four Pro Bowlers from that team with a 2-14 and 14 record make the Pro Bowl and the kicker and the punter last year. So that's why I don't think Joe Banner will have much to do with this game other than being a spectator and letting them know, listen, I know the man. I worked with the man. I helped uh, put, put the food on the table for him to serve. But I think if Pat Shermer was still over there, 
um, I think that would be somebody that would have a little bit more insight into the game planning and the and the and the real um, mental aspect that Andy brings to the actual game itself. That's my opinion, Ray. Okay, well, well, well let, let, let's do this. Let, let's go back to the East Coast just a little bit. And, and there was a game in which, uh, you know, I'm sure you weren't too happy about it. I wasn't really too happy about it. And, and, and the Eagles did play the Cowgirls. I, I, I'm sorry, the Eagles did play the Cowboys. <laughs> the Eagles Cowgirl. did play the, they played the Cowboys. And, and, and listen, uh, of course we came up short. But one thing that I think revealed itself is that high-powered offense that everybody become accustomed to but didn't respect. There was a lack of respect for the talent and, and, and the amount of contribution that Michael Vick brings to that offense, which just Amen. happened to, it just so happened to disappear this past weekend. It appears that Michael's Amen. going to be healthy back in the lineup. You think the Eagles offense looks different? And do you think it's a different offense? And, and do you think they challenge the Cowboys a lot different the next time? If Michael's healthy and in the ball game, do you think that? Can you agree with me on that, Rick? I agree with you one hundred percent. In fact, there's nothing that I disagree with you, Ray. We seem to be on the same page, played in the same era, and I agree everything that you say one hundred percent. You're right on the mark. Hollis Thomas, who uh, is doing radio over there, he said I talked to him yesterday, and he said they're killing me. Uh, uh, John Runyon, who was a special guest of the team yesterday, uh, Sunday, said they're killing me. Uh, Trey Thomas, our left tackle of all those years, is currently working with the offensive line and was hired by Chip Kelly as an assistant on that. And I know he's doing the best at times. I, I saw Michael Vick in training camp. I saw him live in the game. He's a special talent. And they need Michael back on that field. Really bad. Yeah, they, uh, and it falls. I think he's still developing. They need Michael, and it was obvious. Now, 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 Barkley. I actually coached against in high school when I was coaching at Fountain Valley, and he was playing for Modern Day, and he was a starter as a freshman, and he was a heck of a high school player, and he was a really good college player. But I think now at this level. That game's coming at him a little too fast right now, Ray. No, I, 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 I can tell you this. I moved to Arizona in 2006. I'm going to say 2006, maybe 2007. I saw Barkley in high school. And this is, I got to tell you the truth. I said that's a pro quarterback right there in high school. I saw him in high school. Now, it'll take yes. him some time to develop. Let him come along. Let him develop. Let, de listen. There's a man who's a bad man, you know, up there in Green Bay. <laughs> He's a very good quarterback. And I'm sure he didn't like sitting behind Brett Favre all that time. But Aaron Rodgers, the development of, of watching, the time of sitting and watching, certainly helped him be the quarterback he is. Now, he didn't want to do that. If he, tell you, no. if he could do it all over again, Aaron Rodgers would tell you from day one he would want to start and he'd want to play. But the quarterback Amen. he is today has a lot to do with the fact that he was able to sit and patiently watch and learn from Brett Favre, who's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He's already a Hall of Famer. We know that. But I think that helped. I think if Barkley gets a chance to wait and mature and not be rust in the situation, he may be the heir apparent. Foles is getting thrown into the mix a little bit too quickly. And, and I think, for one, I think he could get hurt. He's already limping around, you know, as we saw him on Sunday. Right, I, right. Our time is running down. I want to get a couple other things. Let, let's talk if we can the last couple of minutes. 
Peyton Manning going into his old the house that he built. I don't even want to say his his, his old place of playing. I want to say the house that he built. Uh, When you think about the way he returned and what was going on with him and and the owner, the old uh, Ursay, you know, and the things that he's the comments that he made. uh, Do you think that was the purpose? Was that strategically done by uh, by Mr. Ursay to kind of distract Peyton and and get under his, you know, his feathers and try to rough him and distract him and get him off the mark and and hopefully give his team an advantage? Or do you think Mr. Ursay, those comments were genuine and that's the way he felt? And he really didn't care about Peyton because that was something of the past and he was moving to the future because although he spoke factually, it's how you say it. It's not what you say. And it was how he said what he said that was a little offensive, I thought, and abrasive, those comments about Peyton not winning but one Super Bowl. He only won one Super Bowl. Well, personally, I thought it was disrespectful, Ray. Um, Here's a guy that, that... Took you to a number of championships, got you to almost, uh, you know, a couple rings, but did get you a ring finally. Uh, and we'll go down in history as one of the greatest guys to ever quarterback in the National Football League. I thought it was disrespectful. Peyton Manning is one of the most respected players in the league by current and former players. He's a gentleman on and off the uh, field. He was raised right by Archie, and um, I thought it was disrespectful. I thought uh, I thought he tried to uh, uh, throw him off his game with those comments, but um, that's my opinion. I don't believe he believes that. I believe he believes differently, but I believe he was disrespectful to um, to uh, upset him. I know as a uh, as a martial artist, we'll do that with some of our fighters. We'll get somebody ticked off that we're fight. You know, uh, if I'm if I'm in a cage with one of my fighters and and I'm training him and coaching him. Um, We'll get the other guy off his game a little bit. Evander Holyfield was good with that with the headbutts. Get somebody mad. He ended up losing an ear over it with Tyson. Um, I think Ursay was disrespectful in that. I think it was out of line. And I lost a little bit of respect for Mr. Ursay. He also opened up the dome, which he knew Peyton Manning wasn't comfortable. He liked it closed. He did a lot of, uh, you know, gaming to try to uh, get that victory. But as you know, Ray, personally, you played professional football. You played in the National Football League, as Andy Reid refers to it. He will never say NFL. He, he makes it a point, he told me, to always call it the National Football League. I like that. I like that, Rick. Hey, hey listen, we only got a couple more minutes. We got to go. There was one other thing okay. I, I want to ask you a question about. A couple of people are a little bit upset about the Jets game and the fact that, uh, you know, the Jets perhaps maybe brought it to the attention that the Patriots had this way of doing things when it came to field goal block that they wanted to keep, uh, you know, wanted to make the refs aware of. I constantly watch players tell referees, hey, the guy's holding me. Hey, watch this guy. He's doing it. Hey, watch this guy's hands in my face. Hey, in basketball, they're always talking about LeBron's talking about somebody pushing him here and there or whatever. He's following me on the after, you know, follow through. Do you think there's anything wrong with bringing to the attention of the referee? Hey, watch these guys. They're doing something that we feel is illegal. They're, they're giving the guy a little extra push. They're not, you know, not the second level, but they're giving extra push. They happen to bring it to the attention. The refs see it. They call the play. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Do you think there's anything wrong with that? Well, Ray, uh, it's a good point, and I'll leave you with that. 
since me and you are both old school, you know in our day we didn't do that because we would be considered a crybaby, a whiner. Okay, so in our day of playing ball, none of us did that. But today with the amount of money and, and, and what's at stake at these games, I'd be the first one if I was playing middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs and I had a guard coming out and he was holding me or he was clipping me or he was pulling my face fast like was done to me back in the day, I'd be the first one to go screaming up to one of those refs and say, listen, would you keep an eye on number 64? He's pulling my mask. He's clipping me. He's pulling my jersey. I'd be the first one today. But back in the old school days, Ray, and I'm not sure, but I believe you agree with this, we would have been considered whiners, That's right. not winners. That's right. Hey, Rick, hey, I, I just wanted to make sure you got that one out, man, because I knew that was on your chest, man. You had to get that one out, these guys. <laughs> they are whining, but that's okay. Whine, do whatever you do. Just that's win, fine. baby. And that's what Andy's that's doing. Fine. He's just winning. So much so that I thought I'd dedicate an entire show to my man, Andy Reid. Hey, thanks so much, Rick. You take care of you and your family. Be safe out there. Hey, I want to thank you all for listening to the show. Had a great time. My man, Rick, is on fire about Andy. He should be 7-0. and oh. The Kansas bless. City Chiefs God may end you, up. Rick. Bless you, too. They may end up beating my Cleveland Browns. But, oh, I'm kind of tugged on that one. I don't know which way I'm going to go. But I'll tell you what, I'll be back next week. Make sure you show up. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. All right, Rick. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.